Good morning, this is Henry Harris, and welcome to another installment of the foundations, the spiritual foundations of mental health. Today's topic, the world is good, sometimes we leave the world. Today's talk is being offered as an elevation and a, excuse me, a, a, for the speedy recovery of several very dear individuals, Shimon Arun Ben Adanecha, Rafael Tzilipa Ben Esterechel, and Rafael Yaakov Chaim Ben Malia Liba. So let's just review what are we talking about in this conversation, the spiritual foundations of mental health. Your mental health is something that exists inside of a of an understanding, of an understanding about how this world really works. There is a single simple source behind all experience behind all the circumstances of your life and not only not only the experiences and the circumstances of your life your your experience of those circumstances the, the the world is a place that is in which things are unfolding and happening but the events in the in the circumstances of our lives are not actually shaping our mental experience our psychological experience they're not that psychological experience is happening from the inside. It's coming to us from a place that is actually what in Hebrew we would call the panemius of the world, the internal, the, there is a space, there's a source behind all of existence and that includes the flow of thought feeling that shows up in our, in our hearts. And that, and that, now, that doesn't, it doesn't look like that. It looks like the circumstances of our lives are shaping our psychological experience. It absolutely looks that way. It, it, it's, it is by design meant to look very sophisticatedly like a, uh, an outside-in world experience. Um, and I, for one, get fooled by that regularly. And here's how that looks to me. So I'm experiencing uh, some kind of disagreement with a child or a spouse or some internal conflict and I'm frustrated by the conflict or by the by the obstacle and it looks to me like this is really causing a problem for me like I might my emotional state is being shaped and affected by the disagreement by the personal circumstance now I'm not saying that there aren't actual circumstances in your life I'm not saying that there aren't such things as uh, difficult challenges or things that require intervention. However, understanding my experience and where it's coming from is a, is a game changer. We're talking about the possibility of psychological freedom. We're talking about the realization that I'm not actually under threat. I'm not actually in danger from the circumstances around me. No, it's never the case that I'm under threat or in danger because of the events and circumstances of the world. And I know that because I can see that both for myself and everyone I've ever talked to, our psychological experience is not static. We do not experience the same level of distress about any given challenge or difficulty, no matter whether that challenge or difficulty has shifted or changed or not. Our experience of it, if you were to take a pulse, if you were to watch, you will see that your psychological experience is not static. There are times where you have greater 
perspective and and a level of resolve and calm uh, about a certain challenge. There are times where it feels urgent and threatening. It could be that you're hanging out mostly in the space of urgent and threatening, but even within that experience of urgent and threatening, it is not static. It's moving. Look for what is going on behind that non-static quality to your life. There is a spiritual flow, a, a live flow of energy that is showing up in your heart and mind, and there's something so beautiful and so simple and liberating about that realization. Now, what this means is, is that you're, you know, the metaphor that I like to offer about this is likened to the physical heart. Torah wisdom, Jewish wisdom, teaches us that we are, we have two hearts, and it refers to uh, the, 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 this is a, a, a verse from a central prayer in Jewish thought called the Shema, the recognition of God's oneness. We say that we, should, we, we are committed, God commands us to serve with both our hearts. What does that mean with both our hearts? Well, if you look at the physical heart, you'll see there are two basic sides to the heart. There are four chambers, but they basically work as two sides. One is pumping out newly oxygenated blood that just got replenished with oxygen right out of the lungs, and it now gets sent to all of the cells of the body and provides life-giving oxygen and other nutrients, literally making possible the existence of those cells. And then in exchange, the cells make use of the oxygen and nutrients, and then they deposit waste, CO2 and other toxins, back into the bloodstream. And, in the, and on the return route, the heart is drawing the blood Back, the depleted blood, the toxin-filled blood, back into the lungs that it then gets expelled. So at all times, every healthy human being is flowing with this highly nutrient, oxygen-filled, healthy blood, and in the opposite direction, poison. And it's not a problem. It's really not a problem that we are in possession at all times of those distinct flows. The, 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 the commandment to serve our Creator, just to, to, to accomplish spiritual work with both our hearts, is a hint to this physical metaphor. It's, it's the realization that just as I have a physical heart that is pumping without my having created it and managed it, I'm not pumping my heart right now. It's happening independent of my conscious management. It's not personal to me that I have these two flows flowing through me. Same, same, similar, uh, precisely similar, is the fact that I have a spiritual heart with two distinct components. I have a flow, I have a part of my heart, this portal, through which I'm experiencing a divine flow of information, of, div of spiritual information that is oxygenated, it's expansive, it's peaceful, it's calm, it's trusting, it's wide-angle, and simultaneously I'm flowing that same portal that I also have a heart that flows with a very constricted, very self-centered, very short-sighted, very insecure, mistrusting consciousness. It's not personal to me. Now, it looks that as, I, as my heart-mind fills up with that potentially more constricted, mistrusting consciousness, it, it hurts, it feels, I feel the intent, the, the pressure, I feel the constriction, and it's only human to look around and say, whoa, where in the world is that coming from? Why in the world do I feel so tense? Why do I feel so nervous? Why do I feel so insecure? Why do I feel so angry? It must be something out there that's doing that. That's just kind of a simple human logic. And then we look and we see, oh, guess what? 
uh, my child is not doing well at school, or my spouse is not agreeable to me about XYZ topic, or my boss is not uh, showing me the respect or recognition that I'd like, whatever it might be, but it's a mistake. The spiritual foundations of mental health remind us that your, your ability to experience well-being, mental health, is not contingent upon a good feeling. It's a contingent on a clarity about what is true. You and I and every human being in this world is safe. We have, we have psychological safety. The psychological safety and well-being is not a function of whether we feel good. It's a function of whether we know what is true. We can be in the, in the midst of constricted feelings and not freak out. We can, it hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. But when you and I know something about that psychological experience, what's true about it, it allows us to be in the psychological experience without having to run from it, without having to flee or escape or fight. And, that, and, and none of those reactions are, 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 potential, are particularly helpful. So the basis of our conversations, the spiritual foundations of mental health, is that the essence of well-being comes from knowing the truth. The truth is that you are always on the receiving end of a divine flow of energy. At times it shows up in, in, in secure. At times it shows up peaceful. Everyone is flowing with that at all times. Now today's topic is specifically the world is a very good place, except that sometimes we leave the world. There's a beautiful teaching in the Talmud that says, there are three things that take a person out of this world. Three things remove a person from this world. What are they? They are, in Hebrew, kina, taiva, and kavod. Jealousy, lust or desire, and honor-seeking. Three things take a person out of this world. And, it's, and this, this teaching gives us a wonderful insight into a into a very reasonable question. The world, according to Jewish wisdom, is built on kindness. Olam chesed yabani, the world is built on kindness. Further, we see all over our teachings that, that, that the creator of the universe testifies, Vayar Elohim kitov, God saw that it was good. In a world that is, according to our tradition, is built on kindness, in which God testifies it is good, how come... It feels rotten regularly. How come it feels rotten to us? How come it feels rotten to a lot of people? If the world is good, then how does it work out that it feels so rotten at times? And the answer is, is because the world is good and the world never ceases to be good, except that we leave the world. We innocently but mistakenly enter into a world of imagination, enter into a world of perception that the perception is coming from the same divine source that everything is coming from. But the beauty and the magic of being human and being alive is that we flow with these distinctive flows of divine energy, one of which, as I shared before, using the heart metaphor, is a flow of, of constriction, of mistrust, of insecurity. Of, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lens that is, by definition, distorted. It's, it's part of the human design to flow with that, but you want to know the truth about that flow. So when you and I flow with, with jealous uh, feeling thoughts and we think to ourselves, I don't have what he has. I know why I'm su uh, my life sucks right now. It's because I don't have what he has. 
I don't have what she has. I can't have the life I want. This world is not good because it's contingent upon something that others have that I don't. That is, in that moment, a departure from the world. It is a, it's following a flow into a place that is built on misunderstanding. The feeling is the feeling. Don't worry about the feelings. But the opportunity to tell the truth about those feelings, I'm experiencing the, the surge of jealousy, is the, the truth about that feeling is that it has nothing to do with the, the difference in the quality of my car versus my neighbor's car. The quality of my um, child's performance versus someone else's child's performance. The quality of my rapport with my spouse relative to somebody else's rapport with their spouse. My capacity to live in a good world is constant. It is a good world. It's just that I'm presented with a flow of thought feelings in which I get, a, I get the challenge and the choice and the opportunity to affirm what is true. Those are, things, those are flows of feelings that are coming from the divine, but they don't represent the truth. And that's true about jealousy. It's true about the lust desires that we have that we must satiate right now. We must eat. We must look. We must uh, run after some kind of a surge of feeling and in, 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 in instinctive desire. It, it's just so powerful. Otherwise, why would I be feeling it if it weren't real and powerful to determine I must act on it? I can be in the presence of those desires knowing that they flow and that they ebb, they ebb and they flow. It hurts to be in those painful desires that are unhealthy. It's not that I don't feel the constriction of it, but I know something about constricted feelings. And then so too by honor. I, the feeling of honor, the feeling of like, you know, I don't possess goodness for the sake of good. Like, here I am, I'm doing good actions. But it's not enough because no one sees it. No one acknowledges it. I, I, I feel like unless someone testifies to my presence to my accomplishment, to my worth, I, 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 I'm lacking. That's also this divine flow. It's also the flow of constricted consciousness. It passes. No one feels a cons constant, intense need for honor. It's not to say we don't get surges. They flow, they ebb. They are part of uh, a visitation of this divine energy that is part of the design. It's not personal. Your heart, just as your physical heart, flows with these distinct flows, including toxic ingredients. Your consciousness, your heart consciousness, flows with different types of spiritual understanding. It's not a problem. And you and I are, are, are entrusted with a divine mission to encounter that chaos, to encounter that, that, that confusion and cling to the truth. To hold on to the truth, the mark of every person we've, we admire, the, part, the mark of every role model, the part, mark of every hero is someone who gets visited by those flows of spiritual constriction and somehow stands in them, stands in them with some level of courage, with a level of humility, with a recognition that it is human to flow with those flows of constricted consciousness. And therefore, we remind ourselves, the world is good. The world is good as it is. So why does it suck at times? Because I innocently but mistakenly camp out in a consciousness that is flowing. It flows in with insecure feelings and I camp out there. 
And then I can wake up and realize, yeah, this hurts, but I know what's true about this. And by doing so, we are accomplishing an extraordinary fulfillment of our mission in this world, and we are aligning our natural, straight, simple nature with the simplicity and the straight nature of this world that, that is being recreated moment to moment. We are aligning ourselves with really what is the truth behind all of existence. Now, I, I just want to say that I was very moved because one of the people whose names I mentioned at the outset of this talk just emerged from a life-threatening situation of being uh, infected with the, with the COVID-19 virus. Um, was literally at risk of, of dying. And I just want to remind myself and anyone listening that the basic effect of what this virus does is that it causes us to be unable to draw a breath. Think about that for a second. You know, think about the whole idea of jealousy, of desire, of honor seeking. Think about the way that we, it occurs to us that we can't, that life is not good unless we have what he has, unless we have immediate gratification, unless we have recognition. Obviously, that's a misunderstanding. And think for a second, just this moment right now, God forbid, a person unable to draw a breath. It feels so obvious to me that I can breathe. I mean, that's so simple. It's so elementary. Like, duh, I could do that. Except not. Except my ability to draw breath into my lungs and thereby maintain my respiratory system and my life is itself not in my power. It is something that is awesome. It's absolutely awesome. That is the truth. And we know that. Except that there are times where we get distracted and we camp out in a misunderstanding. This world is so good. It just as it is without any... Without, just as it is, this world is so good except that we depart the world through our mistaken camping out and our misunderstanding about the flow of feelings that pass through our spiritual heart.